This is Got Marketing, a podcast with ideas, strategies, and tactics to help small businesses create smarter marketing. I'm Mia Feilman, a professional marketer and the founder of Campaign Del Mar. And in this show, I chat with creatives and strategists about the different aspects of marketing, but without the fluff. Let's dive in. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Got Marketing podcast. It's absolutely no surprise that I love marketing campaigns. I love reading about them. I love unpacking them. But the truth is, is that small businesses don't really know what a marketing campaign is, and they don't know how it's different to always on marketing. So I thought that that's what I could talk about today. And I have invited someone very special on the show today, and that is Lauren Fraser. She is the director and head of strategy at LMF Marketing, a digital agency. She works with established businesses in the wellness and lifestyle space, and her and her team focus on crafting and managing holistic marketing strategies that take into account the big picture. This enables six-figure businesses to scale further with effective digital strategies behind them. So let's get into it. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. I really appreciate you coming on. And I think I want to share how we connected, which was on Instagram. And I just massively fangirled over you and your content. Oh, thank you. That's so nice to hear. (laughs) And I was the exact same. Good old Instagram connecting us. I know. It's so nice, isn't it? Like for all the downsides of social media marketing, there are some real upsides, right? Oh, definitely. And I think when you keep front of mind that social media is for being social, that's when you definitely get the biggest, you know, reward out of it and all these great connections, of course. Surprise, surprise. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So today we're going to talk about the difference between always on and campaign marketing. So why don't you start us off? Do you want to shed some light? What exactly is always on marketing? Yeah, so this is an interesting one because I do find um, it's definitely something that's grown as the digital space has grown. You know, traditional marketing really focused on your campaigns where always on is about you know, we're always on in the digital space. We're always jumping online. We've always got access to, you know, social media, Google, etc. And so you're always on marketing is about, you know, your business showing up and increasing your visibility and always attracting new people or, you know, working on that acquisition constantly because the digital space is always on. So you as a business owner also need to be always on. Um, It's an interesting change in marketing, I feel. So it's an ongoing, non-campaign approach that aims to create that consistent presence um, through continuous marketing activities. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And I kind of like to think of it, you know, you're focusing on acquisition and your retention with always on. You know, you're just, yeah, you're just being constant and consistent Um, And one of the big things I do say to clients, this is where your brand and your brand awareness is really crucial because it feeds into campaigns. I'm sure we will dive into that more. But with Always On, you look at things of how is your 
your ideal audience using the online space? And so therefore, how do you need to be using it as well to make sure you're showing up across platforms at different stages of their kind of, you know, consumer purchase journey, their life cycle? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's on ongoing, always optimizing, always testing um, and using data as much as possible to feed into all of that. Right. Okay. So what are some examples of always on marketing? Um, big ones that I feel are overlooked. Actually, I'm before I touch on that, because otherwise I'm going to go backwards. So think of always on as, you know, remaining consistent with your social media presence, um, just so you've, you're just active. You know, you may not mm-hmm. necessarily be trying to elicit a response. You're not maybe not getting... Um, you know, people to sign up or make a purchase necessarily, but you are remaining consistent. So they know about you, you're still building connection, you're building that trust, etc. And what I was just about to say was also really thinking about your retention, always on marketing should be looking at what happens once someone's become a customer or a client, and looking at, you know, how can you re engage, um, you know, with email marketing, how you can be gathering reviews as well. So it is the full process you're touching on. The whole customer journey, the whole experience from the awareness stage all the way through to the post-purchase stage, which, as you said, is so overlooked. So overlooked, yeah. And this is one of those ones that is just so much value in it if you do it well um, because all of it's interlinked, you know, if you're building reviews on Facebook or on your Google, um, my business listing, they have a positive impact then on the performance of your campaigns. If you're running Google ads, the amount of reviews makes your Google ads cheaper, like all these things that are interlinked, um, to bring it together. If you are working away and, you know, ticking at it kind of thing. That's why I prefer journey versus funnel. And my journey is actually like, um, a cycle graph and then after post-purchase you go back to the you know the start and you're like well all of this great post-purchase experience feeds into um, you know new acquisition of customers because as we know it's the social proof and the reviews and the testimonials and the case studies that really helps people to then go on new people to go on to purchase oh definitely and I think there's a bit of um, you know especially with so there's a lot of marketers out there and there definitely is a lot of um, you know methods that can be applied for campaign marketing but they really do look at just okay you've got to have you know this conversion rate happening you need this amount of traffic you know we'll do a little um, formulation and then we can you know guarantee these results but that's not like taking into account the big picture and it's not looking at that actual, you know, cyclical journey that's going on. And, you know, personally, I feel it's for sustainable growth and, you know, creating a sustainable business and brand, you need to be looking at the big journey and having the always on. So you are being consistent in how you're showing up. You're really resonating with your audience you're building a brand. You're not just flicking something on and off um, based on, you know, maybe formulas or a method that's proved to work kind of thing. Well, at any time, like at any point of time, you are going to have customers at the awareness stage, at the consideration stage, at the just about to purchase stage, 
and at the post-purchase stage. And so Always On Marketing allows you to reach your people where they are. And so um, we need to be able to walk and chew gum as marketers so that we have channels and tactics happening um, at each stage of that customer's journey so that we can help nurture people to the next stage. And I think that the reason why the post-purchase part of the customer journey is so overlooked is because these days the purchase happens before the journey even starts for the customer. So if I think about my online program, the customer pays for it before it even starts. But for the brand, it's like, right, well, that's done. That's a sale. (laughs) Move on. Next. But the journey's only just beginning for those customers. And so this is an opportunity to spectacularly fail (laughs) if after the customer has parted with their money um, that you've just sort of like dropped the ball. Yeah, 100%. And it happens so often. And when you do get that... Um, and you can think of your own experiences when it's happened, when you engage, you know, there's a great lead up or, you know, you come across and you've got a great initial experience. You're like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Take my money. And then it just goes to shit after that. And you're like, oh, actually, I'm, I'm really not happy with that. You know, that's when that buy regret comes in. And unfortunately, you maybe don't become an advocate or, you, you know, you may even speak badly of it because especially when you're handing over money, you you do want to know that like you're valued <laughs> as a customer and there is something there to, to follow it up um, and then hopefully bring you back as a customer as well. Correct. Oh, there is so much over-marketing happening at the moment. That's a whole other episode about how some brands, especially the online business brands, I like to call them gurus, um, are so good at selling and they are so good at marketing, but (laughs) what they are selling is essentially a turd that has been polished high and it is so underwhelming when you actually go and buy this $49 marketing strategy template and you realize that it is stuff you could have Googled, added in a um, Canva document, and um, it really ruins it for the rest of us, don't you think? Oh, totally. Most definitely. And it's just, you know, again, there are formulas and models that work in certain situations if you're hitting all these benchmarks, but... A lot of the, well, God, majority, high majority of the time, you know, marketing, it's not a one size fits all, even within same businesses, similar structure industry, you've got a lot of different, you know, moving pieces that will impact that those, those templates and what a lot of, you know, the gurus are spruiking a general, you know, a normal business owner, it's not going to understand or realize that they're unique and you need unique solutions to see actual growth. That's so true. Like things that worked for me last year don't work this year, let alone another business in another industry in another country. And a lot of these gurus have US-based businesses and we are totally digressing here. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's Okay. <laughs> Um, have US-based businesses and they're giving advice based on a population size of 350 million versus us here in Australia with 20 million, you know, all of these live masterclasses and live launches and come to my live masterclass. I don't know about you, Lauren, but I've had a 
live masterclass where five people have come. So, yeah, great. If I can convert one of them, I've made one sale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's always unique. And, and this really does tie back into why the always on marketing is so powerful because you're purely focusing on your business, on your data, you're optimizing based on the results you're seeing for your business. So, you know, it's so true to like your business and the results, you know, etc. like it's, you know, you're not applying some out, outwards formula or you're not listening to anyone else. It's really looking at yourself. <laughs> and when you understand it um, and the data you're looking at, you know what you should be looking at, then that's when you see true results and real growth. Absolutely. So let's share some examples of always on activities so that the listeners can really wrap their head around what we're meaning. Yeah, so um, definitely SEO, and this is a big one, and I am a massive fan and advocate for SEO. Um, and the reason is I just know how powerful um, it can be. Um, everyone is using Google, we know that, um, and focusing on your SEO, again, this isn't a one-size-fits-all, and it's not just something you can do once. You need to be constantly optimizing to be improving your presence within the search engine, which is what SEO is, search engine optimization. And so it literally means ticking away on your website, um, impacting both, or you know, making changes both on the site and off it. But this is also another conversation to dive into. It's <laughs> such a big um, channel, SEO. But because people are always using Google, and you always want to be showing up in front of them, I consider um, SEO one of the, like, the best channels for always on marketing. Um, but again, what that looks like is different for every business. How much effort's required is going to be different for every business. Um, and this is where it's at least worth talking to a specialist in SEO to understand whether you need a little bit of help to start ranking or you're in a... Um, you know, let's say beauty or skincare, which is extremely competitive and crowded, and you may need a lot of support to get ranking. Um, so that one can, can vary. Um, email, definitely an always on, and not just thinking about your automated series, um, which, you know, can be your abandoned carts, your um, nurture sequences for, you know, initial subscribers, but also thinking about, your monthly campaigns as well because you don't like you you need to kind of train people to expect email from you um you can't just jump in once a year and expect amazing results they need to know you're going to be emailing and that you've got value in your emails and it's worth opening um so they're two really big ones i think a lot of people overlook um as we touched on before social media marketing definitely just to remain active, have a presence, build that social proof. Um, but how you use it, again, would depend on, you know, your business, what you offer, the space you're in, that kind of thing. Yeah, awesome. Great, great, great examples. And it's so interesting to meet a marketer who has a favorite channel because they're all my children and I can't pick a favorite, especially as an integrated multi-channel marketer. So <laughs> well done, you. <laughs> I think it's just because it's so powerful. 
Um, oh. And, you know, I guess they all are, but for me, you know, all you know seo has helped build my business most of my inquiries organic and you know i don't have to really do a lot you know once you get that momentum once you're just ticking away um delivering content it's great you know you don't have to work your butt off like with social media in order to see results or generate inquiry so yeah i'm a big fan Yeah, usually when someone asks me, that it goes something like, oh, it's definitely email, but also Pinterest and then PR and also I love lead magnets and then they're like, so you don't have a favourite yeah. channel. No, I don't. Um, so some of my favourite always-on activities, definitely email marketing. Um, I love lead magnets for lead generation as a really great evergreen marketing activity. So um, it's all well and good to get all this wonderful traffic to your website, but I really like to capture those website visitors and get them onto an owned channel like my email list. Yes. And a lead magnet really helps me to do that. And I have about three lead magnets on the go at any time, but I invested up front to create them. They're, I think, really high value, but now I do nothing. I just sit there and, and nurture my people for me. (laughs) and um, I love podcast episodes I love to chat I think it's a it's a really great way to um, reach customers in a new way so you're literally in their ears which I think provides a a new sort of sensory experience Um, there's a lot of trust between a podcast host and its and their listeners Um, so I think that that's pretty special and then blogs um and to your point, which really help with your search engine optimization. Yeah, totally. And it's really interesting, I think, for podcasts, you know, because, again, they're one of these, they've just absolutely skyrocketed, um, you know, in popularity um, over the past few years. But you do so quickly build that trust. Like, man, I've just recently bought these, like, supplements because I was listening to this, you know, health um, podcast, but I just I fell in love with the brand through the podcast content they were delivering. It's, it's yeah, powerful. <laughs> Very powerful. Because I think it's long-form content, we are so conditioned to these, like, social media micro-moments and here's a story and here's a 30-second reel or a 15-second reel. And it's really hard to build relationships and connections in 15 seconds. Yeah. You know, if you think about back when – I ran a traditional agency. I used to meet with clients face-to-face for an hour. And by the end of the hour, they were a client, essentially. Now, it can take six months before someone comes and purchases with me because it is so much harder to build relationships versus, you know, staring at them in the face, in the eyes and going, yeah, I'm a good human. You're a good human. Let's do good human (laughs) marketing together. Um, Whereas I think podcasting um, really starts to bridge that divide between social media and face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And this is why, again, with the always on marketing, you know, keeping in mind for your business, who is your ideal audience and where are they consuming content? Because, you know, maybe you've been writing blogs for years and it's just not gaining the momentum you expected because maybe you should be on podcasts. Maybe that's where, and you could be doing, you know, a different channel, switching that approach with what, you know, your evergreen, um, you know, marketing is, but it's the right format 
for your audience and so it's going to have the results you're you're chasing always be meeting your people where they are yes (laughs) it's very 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 important in marketing so all of all of this that we've discussed about always on marketing can sound a bit exhausting because like you know literally in the name it's like be always on but actually a lot of the examples that we shared can actually be set up once and work for you, be um, automated or be set up as evergreen, or you can invest the time upfront to really lay those really solid SEO foundations and then just do a check-in with those. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. It doesn't need to be hard or overwhelming. And, you know, a lot of business owners do you know they hear all these things from all these different you know experts or pieces of advice but at the core it's really you know understanding who you are as a brand where your audience is and as you say just laying some foundations in place whether that is a lead generator and you know test it just with a small audience first um you know people who represent your ideal audience and then you may be able to get that set up then put a nurture sequence in place. And as you said, once you've got it, minimal tweaking moving forwards. You don't have to be doing it all the time. Um, even with monthly email campaigns, that could be one email you're sending and it may include your blog that you've written once with a little bit more you know, um, content added in just to add a bit more value. And then your social media posts can be that blog reworked um, you know, into multiple pieces. So it's definitely, I think with your always on, it's about being really smart with how you're doing it. You don't have to do everything all at once, but start laying the foundation. And then from there, you can, as we say, test, optimize, evolve. And especially if you're repurposing content, it could actually be really easy to add in you know, Pinterest is another channel potentially, or YouTube videos as another channel. Um, so it can really grow and it doesn't have to be hard by any means. Oh, I'm a fiend for repurposing, recycling, <laughs> oh, yes. re-whatevering my content. Like if I sit down to write a single piece of content, I'm getting mileage out of that. Yes. There is juice to be had. And honestly, I never sit down to write a post. It's just not how I approach my marketing, which Um, surprises people because I think that that is how a lot of small businesses approach their marketing. What do I post today? Mm -hmm. I actually always start with the hero content. So it's an article which I can then get published. I do a lot of PR and then I repurpose that as a blog and I repurpose it as an email and then I chop it up and make it three um, social media posts or do a whole podcast interview um, as the hero content and then that's the theme. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, if I'm going to go to the effort of creating any content, it is going to be put to good use. Yeah, and as it should be, I think um, a lot of people shy away from doing that because they're like, oh, like they'll see me just saying the same thing again and again. It's like, no, actually, such a, a small amount of your audience will see it, which is, you know, interesting because people consume media in different ways and the way each platform may show your content will be different as well you know you do a post on 
Instagram now and what, maybe like a percent, 1% or maybe up to 5% of your audience will actually see it on their feed. So definitely, yeah, don't hesitate to be repurposing and, you know, you, you can just take it, adapt it to suit the platform you're on, whether that may be a short post, if you want to put it on Twitter, say, or yeah, expanding on it, if you put it into a lengthy YouTube video. Um, yeah, don't, don't shy away. Get, as I say, get mileage out of it. But also um, repetition and consistency are your friends in marketing. Yeah. So back in the 1960s or the 70s, there was a rule of seven, mm-hmm. which was that um, consumers needed to see something seven times before they took action. I read a recent study that said that now the rule of seven is the rule of 30 Yes, because of digital noise and saturation. And so it is so naive of us to think that just because we posted about something once, three times, five times, that our customers or our audiences have seen that message and are already tired of it. Mm. I I seriously say the same things all day, every day. <laughs> and then I'll say something that I've said like a hundred times and people go, oh, that's so interesting. I'm like, you haven't heard me say that? I say that every day. To t- and that's just, that's how it works. It's so true. So true. Even um, as another example, you know, running Facebook ads and you can track the frequency And I find it so interesting with, you know, different campaigns we may be running and the frequency that works to achieve conversions. You know, sometimes they, you know, maybe three times they see that particular ad. And for other businesses, we've had like 21 times as the frequency that converted best. So it just shows you like, yeah, don't be scared to just keep hammering home your message or to be even, you know, as you say, saying the same thing, showing the same imagery, um, you know, driving home your brand and your offer because yeah, people take time to think it through, make a decision and then eventually convert. Gut Marketing is brought to you by Campaign Del Mar, a marketing education platform for entrepreneurs. Master the fundamentals of marketing nail your email marketing strategy, or join my signature program, Campaign Classroom, and learn how to create killer marketing campaigns. These are not the kind of online programs where you are left floundering, unsure how to put theory into practice, nor will these programs sit unfinished for months. You can expect accountability, a supportive community, and to walk away with practical, real-world marketing skills. Learn more at campaigndelmar.com. So I love politics, not because of um, of the politics. I love politics because of the campaigns and I love campaigns. But I, I think a good analogy is like a politician running for office. They have the same messages, the same stump speech, the same, you know, little spiel that they do everywhere. They literally travel across the country to different town halls and different media outlets, and they will do seven interviews in one day. And it's all the same content, slightly modified for that, for radio, for TV, for print. And that's how they reach the people is they take that message on the road. And that's exactly how we should be looking at our marketing. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, t- kind of expanding on that, I think something p- 
people forget in the digital space is, you know, like your website as well. It's your shop front. And you kind of need to think about how you would respond in the real world if you came across, you know, bad service, no follow-up, or let's say, you know, it's a really poor website with bad experience and, you know, people bounce off. It's just like being in the real world where, you know, there's a cafe to choose from on the strip. Do you go into the nice one with good music that's inviting? They've got a menu out front compared to the, you know, maybe the one next door that's, you know, shitty and broken down tables <laughs> and chairs that, you know, isn't inviting and doesn't work. And I think a lot of established businesses as well potentially have, you know, kind of forgotten that. Like, actually, no, you need to be putting your best foot forward in the digital space. Um, and looking at all of these things that come together, businesses in the real world have known this for a long time. And that's how you got to stand out. And you need mm. to do the same online as well. I know. It just breaks my heart that you go to so much effort to get the customer to go to the website only so that you can disappoint them there. Yeah. And it's like it took a lot for them to get there. You know, they saw your reel and you danced and you pointed your little hiney off there and then they clicked the link in bio and then they got there and then it was all very underwhelming. Yes. So absolutely agree. All right, so now campaigns. Yes. The love of my life. (laughs) Seriously, it's not healthy, the relationship that I have with campaigns. Everyone's got to have a passion. That's absolutely fine. Oh, seriously, it's what I do on the weekend is just consume campaigns and talk about what I loved about them and what I think they could have done better. And anyway, so a campaign for me, a, a good definition, and it is very hard to find a good definition of campaigns, but the one that I like the most is a connected series of actions leading towards a desired outcome. What do you think, Lauren? Is that a good yeah. definition? Yeah, most definitely. Because, you know, I really do think of campaigns as you're trying to get a certain response. As you say, you're trying to get a desired action outcome. And that may vary, but you want to elicit that response out of them. Mm. Correct. So I think what I love about campaigns so much is that a good campaign, you know, the integrated marketing campaigns, the one that, you know, I sort of trade in, are um, driven by big ideas. And I love big ideas because this is where we start to see uh, insights and deep insights, not just shallow, you know, scratching the surface. This is like really um, juicy stuff that resonates with customers and their needs. And then when you take that big idea and you amplify it across a clever mix of channels, Mm -hmm. ideally a smart mix of paid, earned and owned channels, it creates a multiplier effect. So there is an Aristotle quote, which I will totally botch, (laughs) but it is um, the sum of the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yes, yeah, that sounds familiar, sum of the whole, yeah. (laughs) And that's exactly how I feel about campaigns, like individually, Mm. you know, doing blogs and sending emails and, Um, updating your website and doing some social media individually, great. But when it all comes together under a cohesive, big idea, compelling campaign, that is what makes people sit up and take notice. notice. And that's what's really exciting about them because 
when it's done well, as you said, you 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 actually kind of you feel that response, you feel that connection, you want to be a part of it, and it's fun and exciting, you know, when you yes. that from both both a consumer point of view and for, as a marketer, like when you see it all come together and people are connecting and engaging and responding and, you know, taking whatever outcome you were aiming for. It's so exciting. Mm, so exciting. Okay, so the quote is, the whole <laughs> is more than the sum of its parts. So I did butcher it, but only slightly. Yeah, uh, you got the, the message, general message was there. <laughs> yes, and that's actually a really good point that you made about um, campaigns is that it is short term. Um, so you go hard mm. um, for a certain period and you really, um, you know, go all in just like a politician running for office. You know, that election is the all in yeah. and they they get more and more grey hairs as you see them <laughs> progress through the campaign. But then you pull out and that is a really great way to re-strategize, recharge, reassess, go back and think about what what worked, what could be improved for next time. And just I think it's a much more sustainable way to approach your marketing. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Because that campaign mode, you can't be in it all the time. Yeah. It's, it's not sustainable. And that is where you see business owners burn out because, you know, you're, you're trying to do all the things you're showing up all the time and where instead it's, it's taking that step back, having your foundation with your always on marketing in place, which is sustainable. It's, it's, you know, hitting the, you know, the right points at the right times to just be doing the acquisition, doing the retention and then when necessary at those, you know, maybe a launch time or Black Friday, Christmas, whatever it may be, you ramp it up because you know your audience is, you know, ready for it. Um, and as you say, you jump all in, you go all in across channels. Well, generally um, the campaigns is where you will see your biggest uplift in sales. So, you know, um, always on activities gives you that nice baseline. So that's like, great, you know, we've got, it's ticking over, it's keeping the lights and the doors and the whatever happening. Um, but it's the campaign where you get the serious peaks and businesses need those peaks. Mm. So I guess what we're saying is that you need both, oh, always yeah. on and campaign marketing. So how on earth do small business owners manage both? Oh gosh. And look, this is, this is a tough one. And again, it's going to be different for every business owner based on their industry, their own, um, you know, their structure, their resources, experience, all those things. I really do believe in the early stages of business, you know, maybe that up to 12, maybe 18 months that Honestly, a lot of the marketing, you do need to hustle. You really need to put in that legwork yourself as a business owner to, you know, create content, to show up on your socials, to try and get that um, always on foundational stuff in place. So as you just said, you've, you're establishing that baseline. So you get those initial sales or, or clients coming on board. And then I, I think you get to that stage where, Things are pretty healthy. They're going pretty well. 
and you're ready for that campaign, you're ready to get to the next level to drive up sales, conversions, etc. And dependent again on your business, it may be time to then, yeah, look at working with an agency or, you know, a marketing specialist who can help you um, really execute something very strategic um, because some business owners may have a real grasp on their marketing, some may not, and it takes a lot of your resources to do a campaign. So you want to make sure you're going to see results from it. Um, so even if you just initially have a consult, I always, you know, even um, I get a lot of inquiry that does reach out to me and I say to them, look, I don't think you're ready for it. I suggest you go and do this over the next six months and whether that be, you know, creating content for your website or, you know, I reckon you need to do this for your SEO side, then come back to me um, and we'll look at it. But it is hard to say when exactly. I think you need to do some hustling first, establish a baseline, get some always on elements happening with your marketing and then start getting strategic with the campaigns. I completely agree. Look, I'm a professional marketer and I outsource so much in my (laughs) business because even the parts that I can do, I don't have time to do. And so I need to play to my strengths and, you know, I outsource SEO, I outsource, you know, some of the copywriting, I outsource most of the graphic design because I can't draw a stick figure. (laughs) And um, so really important. But I think it's so important for brands to know enough to be dangerous. Mm. You can't be a good customer um, if you have zero understanding of how it works. And I'm sure this frustrates you too, Lauren. I used to run an agency and when customers would come and say, look, I know I need marketing, but I have no idea and I don't know how much it costs and I don't know what's involved. And, you know, it's just, I think it's really important to be a good be a good client mm. and just at least understand what's involved so that you can properly brief your agency and oh. get the best out of them. Yeah, and that's a big part of it as well because you know, the unfortunately the digital space it is it's kind of there's a lot of cowboys out there still to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of um, dodgy people who you know do give the industry a, a bad name, and so. As a business owner, you really do need to understand to some extent, you know, what's involved, what what are the metrics, what are we tracking? So you can make sure when you do partner with an agency, they're doing good work that is actually helping you. Um, because, yeah, I've taken over campaigns from um, a lot of um, big and small agencies, unfortunately, and you just got to wonder what they were doing you know with the Mm. fees they were being paid by business owners um so yeah you definitely want to in those early stages do what you can to learn and there's so many free resources out there you know everything is on google so if you want to know anything you can find something on google an article or a youtube video to start you know equipping yourself with that even base level marketing knowledge yeah or you could you know pay and upskill in particular areas and learn and then know enough to be able to brief a team member or to oh. outsource to an agency and not be hoodwinked yeah. with crazy, crazy prices. So I completely agree. I think you definitely need always on and campaigns. I actually think you start with the always on exactly like you said, because that lays the right foundations. Mm. Um, in terms of how you manage both, well, we spoke about a few things that 
can be set up as evergreen, like lead magnets, like email sequences, like, you know, your SEO foundations, so that once you have those ticking along, you can step away for some time from them to focus on building a heavy hitting campaign. And so that's the, I think, the journey that entrepreneurs should really look at taking, which is start with those foundations, get particularly the owned channels really singing, Mm. um, have all of that set up um, before diving into um, a campaign. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, ideally it is looking at, you know, partnering with someone who can kind of grow with you as well. So when you do start working with, um, you know, a marketing agency, making sure it's really aligned with not only where you're at, but where you want to go. Um, and this is something, you know, I say to my clients as well, like I'm not in it for the short haul. You know, I, I don't just do campaigns. We do the always on marketing as well. And because that's how you grow, as you say, you know, you need the foundations, you need that ticking along, you do a campaign, you see that surge and uplift, you've got a new baseline, you're always on, then has also probably grown and evolved with you. Um, Then again, so it just, it's constantly evolving. Um, And if you can work with someone who really sees that potential, they're also going to help you make sure what you're doing now is going to be, you know, helpful, relevant in 6, 12, 18 months. You know, it's not, you can't just look at um, what you're doing with your marketing over the next one to three months. You know, that is micro, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. in in terms of how you're thinking about it. Um, Yeah, you've got to, I reckon, think long-term, try and find, partners, specialists, or as you say, you know, looking at courses that'll help you upskill um, over time. Yeah. Well, when I was in corporate, we were planning for like the next year. Yeah. Um, obviously that was pre-COVID. That has <laughs> thrown a wee spanner in the works. <laughs> a little bit. But we would build our campaigns, you know, 12 months in advance. Um, our marketing was set. It wasn't like, what do we do tomorrow? However, that's ex- Unfortunately, exactly what small business owners tend to do is this real scattergun approach to the marketing, which is like, you know, they wake up in the morning and it's like, what am I going to post today? Um, which is a really reactive way to approach your marketing mm. as opposed to that that proactive way. And that's when it becomes exhausting as well yeah. when you're working like that. Because, yeah, you're um, there is no plan and it's all just flying by the seat of your pants. And then you're also like, well, what do I post today? Mm. As opposed to having the foresight to, to set that all up and to create that hero content that we spoke about earlier. And you're like, oh, well, that's right. I wrote the article, which is then going to get repurposed into all of these different pieces of content. And, you know, we're good. Yeah. So, um, Let's go back to talking about working with an agency and outsourcing because I think that this is such an interesting thing for small business owners or established businesses who are on the cusp to outsourcing Mm. that I hear often, and you're probably the same, that they don't know how to choose the right supplier to work with. They've maybe been burned in the past. And I think that there's a real lack of responsibility on the part of the brand to to say that it's all on the the agency or the consultant or the contractor 
And I really questioned the brief. How good was the brief? How good was the communication between you and the third party supplier? Did you send them a good brief? Because I have a saying and it's shit in, shit out. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Um, So this is where it's so important that you upskill to a certain degree to understand what is a good brief? Yeah. What, you know, what are good, what are good benchmarks in my industry? You know, what is a good result mm-hmm. um, so that you can manage your expectations? Yeah, totally. And it, it that's exactly what happens because I feel like at times there can be, and, you know, likely without it meaning to, but, you know, there's a mentality, um, you know, business owners sign up with an agency and they're like, oh, okay, they're going to take care of my marketing now. I don't need to think of it. I think about it. It's like, oh, hang on. No, no, no. You're the, the business owner. You know your business intimately. We need to work together on this because, you know, I've got the, the strategy and experience and ideas, but there's no one who knows your business like you. And you need to have that input and work together. Um, and unfortunately it can be again you know lots of cowboys out there who are just like yeah I want your money sign on and we'll we'll do whatever it's like no actually you as a business owner you want to know where you're at and your numbers around that and have a clear idea of where you want to get to so you can have some really um you know just clear high level dialogue with the marketing partner And so you can say, this is where I want to go. And I know this is where I'm at. How do you see that happening as a marketing agency? And I kind of feel like then it comes down to, is there a vibe and a connection? Because when you are outsourcing, you know, you're paying someone, you're trusting them with your brand. I think you really need to make sure you've got a connection there that you do vibe with them. Um, And if that's not right, definitely be aware of that and use it as a bit of a warning sign to shop around because there's no shortage of amazing digital marketers out there. So it's about finding one that sees the, you know, the like sees your brand, the potential of your brand and really connects with you to achieve the goals that, you know, you as a business owner have outlined. Oh, it's so important to have that personality fit with your clients. Mm -hmm. And I'm at a stage now where I don't work with anyone who is looking for a fully outsourced solution, um, who's not willing to have some skin in the game and is just like, I just want it done for me. I don't want to think about it. It's, you know, I don't care. But then when the invoice comes, it's like, oh, what's this invoice? Why did this take so long? How did you do this? Tell me everything. And it's like, no, no. No, no. So I'm with you. I'm, I want to partner with my um, clients yeah. or customers. They're mostly students for me these days. Yeah. And um, that we make this beautiful marketing magic together. Yes, 100%. And, you know, that's actually some of the most rewarding times I find, you know, in my business, it's having those, um, those strategy sessions with a client, having those catch ups to be like, you know, what's going on with your business? How's it going? You know, the all these leads that have been, I've seen coming in from, you know, the Google ads or the, the Facebook ads or wherever, you know, are they converting? Like, what does what's that doing for you and your business? And mm. that's when it's really exciting. 
um, and rewarding. And it's like, okay, cool. This is why I do what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Well, I think that that's a great place to leave it for today. It has been such a pleasure. You're such a clever cookie, Lauren. And um, I'm so glad that you said yes and are on the show. Oh, no, thank you so much, Mia. It's been an absolute pleasure. (laughs) So how can um, established businesses who are looking to work with an absolute kick-ass digital marketer reach out to you? (laughs) Yes, so best place is the website, which is lmfmarketing.com.au. You'll find all the info there. You can even book in um, a, a call and we can have a chat directly. Otherwise, yeah, jump onto Instagram, LMF underscore marketing, and then you can follow along and even reach out via DMs there. Yes, I highly recommend following Lauren on Instagram. Instagram has become incredibly boring, but I love Lauren's content. It is always just so on point. Thank you so much. I'm laughing. <laughs> All right. Have a lovely, lovely rest of your day. And yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thank you. You listened right up until the end. So why not press that subscribe button and keep the good marketing rolling? You can also connect with me, Mia Fileman, on Instagram or LinkedIn. And feel free to send me a message. I'm super friendly. <laughs>